The Kindness Podcast is made possible by Cornwell Properties in Athens, Ohio. Cornwell Properties offers Ohio University students the best locations to live in Athens. All of their apartments are either on Court Street or within one block. Cornwell Properties. Location matters. Visit their website, cornwellpropertiesathens.com, for more information. Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Today, I get to talk to Drew Formsma about generosity and how it can better your life. Drew started speaking with his dad, Brad, author of the award-winning book, I Like Giving, when he was just 14. Now, still in high school, Drew is teaching people around the world about generosity and how a ripple effect begins through his new book, Everyday Generosity. So, Drew, I got to read the first chapter of Everyday Generosity, and I loved it so much that I literally just went on Amazon and and bought the the book because I had to have it because I'm loving the stories that you tell in this. I kind of assumed it would be you know your your dad's voice mainly but this is this is you a 17 year old kid who is encouraging people through great points and uh and great stories it, does your dad's voice come through in the book later on or is this kind of your gig yes so it really all started back to uh for about a year and a half i'd been speaking with my dad around the country different churches, conferences, events, and I would have parents uh, come up to me and different grandparents come up to me after and say, hey, Drew, uh, your dad wrote a book called I Like Giving, which is an inspiring um, stories of generosity, but we want to hear it from your perspective. So I had this a lot, and people kept telling me that I was supposed to write a book centered towards parents. And then one night, um, I got a crazy dream at about 12 o'clock at night. And I don't really get dreams that often, but I felt like God was telling me that I was supposed to write a book uh, around all my ideas and my thoughts and show people how easy it is and define generosity for them, understand that it's more than just money, and then discover really the giving and the receiving part, uh, all the benefits that come along with giving, and really what, what, what happens when we give. And then, on, and then helping people understand that this is so practical and something we can bring into our lives every day. And I, I told my parents this. I'm like, I got this impression from God, and I don't know what to do with it. And they're like, hey, Drew, let's see if we can get uh, maybe a confirmation or a sign from God, something to firm this up. And I'm like, yeah, perfect. So the next week, we live in California, Southern California, so the traffic's pretty bad. So before I did, had my driver's license, I would have to Uber to school sometimes. <laughs> and so I got in this Uber car one day, and I get, I get in, and this nice lady says to me, hey, is your dad Brad Formsma? And I'm like, I hope so. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my gosh, he's totally changed my perspective on giving. I recently heard him at a church I attend. Um, he's really shaken my view and my lifestyle. So she starts telling giving stories. I'm telling her giving stories. And it's just this fun back and forth. And then she says, your dad's book was great, but I can't get my family to give. This has been a hard thing for me to model as a mom. And she's like, you need to write a book from your perspective with your thoughts and show how easy this is. And the next week, a different driver, same situation. A guy says, dude, this is amazing. 
you have to write a book. Oh. And so about about nine months, uh, the whole idea was I wanted to write a book really centered towards parents and something written from a 16-year-old's words. And then my dad's thoughts and insights are kind of woven through my words. So a lot of different stories uh, I tell of his. And it's just a really fun way to engage a family and keep the, keep the reader reading. One of so the that, most, that's really how it all started. That it, that's great. I love hearing the backstory. It's very interesting. And people who pick up the book will find the backstory really interesting as soon as they open the cover. I thought that it was um, really insightful the way that you shared your dad's relationship with his grandfather. So that would be your great-grandfather. And you showed about the multiple ways uh, of kindness or generosity and saying it's, it is more than money by by an experience that your dad had with his grandfather. So can you share with people what those, is it seven, is that right, seven? Yeah. Okay. So we, yeah, we call them the seven ways to the generous life. And these seven ways, my dad talks about how his grandpa modeled it to him. So his grandpa was this baker, and he would go along with his grandpa, and they would go bake loaves of bread. And what they would do with those loaves on that Saturday morning is they'd put them in the car and go out into the community. And Grandpa would stop at different places and maybe give a generous thought and help someone with being just generous with their words and thanking them for what they do and then giving them some bread. And then other times it'd be financially. He would give a white envelope to whoever he's going to that day. He's also sat with an elder just giving them the time. And then another time, sharing his influence, helping someone get somewhere else that they wouldn't have gotten without him. And then just being there and giving his full attention. I mean, that's such a huge one when I look at it in this today's age. It's so easy to be so distracted by our phones and different things, but giving the person we're with their full attention. And then last would be our stuff. So, my dad's grandpa always would model these seven ways, thoughts, words, money, time, influence, and then our stuff. And those are all ways that we are able to play every day. And that's really why that title, Everyday Generosity, Becoming a Generous Family in a Selfie World, came together. Because this is just, these are just everyday opportunities that we can step into. Mm-hmm. And I, I dig it because it takes away everybody's... Um, excuse about why they can't give. Well, I don't have enough time. Well, I don't, this isn't a good money time for me or, you know, and, and you can always give an encouraging word. You can always use your influence and, in, in helping another person. So what do you think holds people back from being everyday generous? So I think there's two things that hold people back. The first would be they, they have a wrong uh, perception on what giving is. I think society today paints the picture of it's just money or it's just giving uh, to the church or just to a nonprofit. And that holds a lot of people back. And a lot of times when people have given, they when they gave, they thought that the person they gave to used their money wrong. And so they just said, why would I give if they're not using the money in a way that I think they should use it? Mm-hmm. So people just shut down. I'm not going to give anymore. I mean, it's not working, so I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Another would be 
they've had a past experience that went wrong. And I run into this a lot, my dad and I speaking, because people will come up and say, oh, I just had this terrible experience, or it it didn't go away, they thought. (laughs) Another would be, when you give, a lot of times, it's really easy to expect something out of it. Expect a written thank you note for what you did. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get that, you're like, why am I not, why would I give if I'm not, if I'm not going to even get a response? And so I think when I, when the whole book, I really wanted to push people past all those misconceptions and reasons not to give excuses, all that. And I, and I actually talk about in my book, something called the four R's. So it's reset, rethink, remove, and remember. So this, this really helps people as they start to look at generosity through a new lens. So it starts with reset. When we reset our attitude on giving, we start to see that giving opportunities are around us all the time. We just got to become aware and look for them because there are opportunities to step into um, an assignment from God every day. And then it's rethink. We need to start to remember that we are made to give. And this is something we get to do. It's not something we have to do. Uh, then it's remove all the excuses and reasons that, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm too old, I'm too young. Uh, there's so many different uh, things that people do, uh, people say. Mm-hmm. And then the last would be remember. Remember that giving is not about us. It's about the person we're giving to. So that's really what I take people through in the book. Uh, that's one of the acronyms that I've used. That's great. So it really helps people if they feel like, well, my giving has gone wrong in the past, so why bother? But yeah, it kind of changes their mindset. We'll get back to our conversation with Drew Formsma in just a moment. But first, our kindness call, sponsored by Cornwell Properties, where location matters. Hi, my name is Angie Wiemler, and my kindness story um, happened this last October uh, we had high winds and had a huge tree, like a 50-foot tree, fall down, and it was very wide. And so it took days of multiple people coming over to try to chop this tree apart and get it down and, or you know, get it cut up and everything. And at the same time, my aunt, who was someone very close to me, had just passed. My husband is a teacher, and we own a landscaping company. So it was like the busiest time of year. It was the worst time for this to happen. Um and so while we were gone at my aunt's funeral, actually, my neighbor, who they are just wonderful people, and he had taken it upon himself to spend the entire day um, cutting down or, like, cutting up the tree. Um, it probably saved us, like, three days of work because, you know, we just didn't have the time to do that with everything that had happened. So we just came home and saw that the tree had been pretty much taken care of. And not only that, because it was the time of year it was, the city no longer picks up brush. So we were trying to figure out how we're going to haul all this stuff and what we're going to do with this huge tree. He had called friends that he has at the city and actually had arranged them to pick everything up. So it was just, it was kind. It was generous. And, and we just appreciated that so much because he didn't have to do any of that. Um, we certainly never expected it, but it, it made such a difference. And, in our schedules and our time, it just it made a hard time a lot easier. So it was just a wonderful thing, and those type of things help you restore your faith in humanity a little bit and appreciate your fellow neighbor. So that's it. Thanks. 
Did you know you can be on the Kindness Podcast? Call the Kindness Hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now, back to the show. So what do you say? Maybe you don't run into this, but I run into people who say to me, I can't share what I've done. That's bragging. And um, I get it a lot in the church community, and I get it a lot with people who are, you know, maybe 50 and over who really have been raised to be humble. And there's beauty in that. But what do you say to those people who, who don't want to share stories of kindness because of the, the bragging aspect? I think that's a very good point to bring up because um, it's a, it's, some people do have that perception and they, they go, well, why would I ever share what I do? It, it's prideful. And I actually, I always go back to why I even shared in the first place. I, I wrote this book and the whole intention behind it was this. The only way to motivate people is through story. Story moves people into action. And my personal stories, and I, in my book, I only share a, like about 50% of all my giving stories because there are times where I feel like God tells me, Drew, that's not share that publicly, publicly. But then other times, I think it's so important to share these stories because I have kids come up to me at school and they go, Drew, I don't even know what giving means. And so these parents who aren't talking about it or sharing what they're doing ends up, the, the next generation ends up having no idea what it means. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, I would challenge the listeners today, try, try, try giving and bring that experience to the dinner table and share it with your kids because you're modeling to them what this is all about and how practical it is. And I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a, I, th- I believe I'm a very humble person, and the, the only reason I ever even um, do this is all the glory to God, because when people see the generous life, it all points back to Him, and that's what's so powerful in this. Mm-hmm. And at my young age, I'm able to make such an impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, too, I, I, I firmly believe in sharing stories of kindness, and and I think that if people know that it's it's the average everyday person. It's not superheroes who are doing acts of kindness. It's all of us in our little ways and how great it makes us feel. I think it becomes contagious. People want to try. Like, I want to see if I can I can get that feeling when I do something kind for someone. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Was there one point in your life that you remember as a small child getting the fact that your dad has dedicated his life to the, the, the talk of giving. Yes. So the, the story that I always go back to is, uh, one day my dad brought in the newspaper and back when people read those, (laughs) he's like, he read a story of a Sudanese father and son who had their bikes stolen. And that was their only, that was the son's toy and the dad's way to get to work. And I, he read it, read it out loud and said to us kids, hey, what, what do you think we should do? And I'm like, I was like six or seven at the time, and I'm like, I'll give him my blanket. My dad's like, no, that's not going to help. <laughs> and then my practical, my practical brother's like, let's go get him bikes. So we jump in the car, and we head off to the bike store. And we, we get the two bikes in the back of the trunk, 
And then my mom looks over at my dad at the first stop sign and says, hey, do you know where they live? <laughs> my dad's like, oh, no, I don't know where they live. They don't put the address in the newspaper. So <laughs> four hours of driving all over our city, we finally find these people. And all this dad and um, son could say, because the language barriers, I like bikes. I like bikes. Oh. And they're riding down the street with their new bikes. And that was that was the time I look back on. And I remember driving home from that going, we were supposed to go to the water park that day. And I'm like, that is so much better than going to the water park. We were able to help someone mm. else out. And they had a need and we were able to fill it. Ah. But simply that story for our family happened because we were aware. Mm-hmm. And there are so many different stories that... Uh, in our family, we have something called the emergency giving fund. And it's basically, we give to the church and we give to different nonprofits, but we also have, a, we've also made some financial decisions to cut back on different things that we have money to step into opportunities. And we can't, we can't do all opportunities, but uh, all my siblings know we have this. So there's, like this, this was an opportunity. We were able to use the money out of this. And there's so many different ways that we've done this as a family. And it's really like helped me because I'm able to go, I might not, I, not, I might not personally have enough, but our family can do this together. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remember um, my mom leaving that day and she said, I honestly thought there would be a thousand bikes in that front yard. Right. But no, there weren't. There were just, uh, there were just ours. Then she always says, I feel like God had an assignment for us this day. And I think it's so true. When we have an opportunity to step into, my dad always says, when we move from awareness to action, miracles happen. When we move from, when we move from awareness to action, miracles happen. We have to become aware and we have to step in and make the decision. We step in or step out and there might be no one behind you to step into that. So I believe God gives us assignments. We just need to step the room. Well, and there are people out there who are saying, you know, I need a miracle. And kindness is such a, a, such a funny thing because it's like, it, it flips on us immediately. If we are the one who needs the miracle and we go out and we are aware of the people around us and we do something for the people around us, we are the ones who benefit from that. Have you found that in your life? It sounds like it. Well, I, I totally believe that. And, um, I also say that with that, that day, um, it, it really was a, I call it the ripple effect in the last chapter of my book, because when we give, we step into someone else's life and it could, we're answering their prayer, Mm -hmm. which is an amazing thing a lot of times. And, but in the last part, I call it the ripple effect. So when we give, you never know what happens with that one decision. And so that one I Like Bike story led into this organization that my dad runs today called I Like Giving. And it has inspired over 100 million people through these online films, three to five minutes long. And the engagement shows that people want this message. People need this message. And they, they want to bring it into their lives because they see the benefit that happens when we give with the right intention. Mm-hmm. We live longer. We take less medicine. It really is an amazing thing. I talk about more in my book uh, about these benefits that happen when we give with the right intentions. 
Mm-hmm. You mentioned your siblings. Uh, how many siblings do you have? So I have an older brother who's 20 and a younger sister who's 12. Okay. And so how do they fit into this language of giving and generosity? Are, are you the one who's kind of, kind of, you know, put yourself by your dad's side to kind of do this with him? Or is, is this, are they involved too? Yeah. Actually, it's really crazy. I, I, I believe my sister's the most generous of us all in the family. Oh. I mean, she, I mean, yesterday she came down and there was uh, somebody at her school who had some bills that she had uh, with. Uh, she had surgery recently and it sounded like their family couldn't cover it. And we were thinking about doing something out of our emergency giving fund. And she walks down with her $20. And it's like... I mean, she's like, this is all I have, but I want to help. Mm-hmm. And so she does this all the time. I sw- she's given all of her money away, I think. <laughs> so, but, yes, I, I believe that she's the most generous of us all. But my brother, it's a little different. I believe that some people, like my sister, are just totally born into this, ready to go. But my brother, it's taken a little longer for him to understand that this is something that is fun and we get to do it. I think everybody starts on a different Mm -hmm. scale and we all have different personalities and different ways. And it's, it's a working progress for me because I, I go back to the mindset. It's all about the mindset. When we just shift our perspective from me, me, me to others focused, Mm -hmm. that's when we have opportunities. And it's so fun to hear even my brother's stories all the time. And I, I don't know if uh, he would. I don't know if he would be generous today if no one ever told him about it. Mm-hmm. So it, it really, it really is a powerful thing to share it with your family. And generosity deepens relationships. When we give, your relationships with one another become stronger. Because when you have an experience together, it is truly powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I find sometimes that I have to remind myself, like you mentioned, that people have different personalities because I think I'm, I'm you and I may be similar in the fact that we're like gung-ho, like let's go up, let's talk to a stranger, let's just give them what they need and, you know, let's shower them with words of encouragement. And some people exactly. are shy. Some people, yep. they don't want to operate like that. It just is so far out of their comfort zone. So having, you know, uh, a reminder that, that we are all different and that's okay because every bit, you know, someone else's brand of generosity is probably is definitely just as important as my brand of generosity or yours. Exactly. So I'm curious because, so you wrote the book when you're 16, it's now out, you're 17. You talked about taking an Uber to school, which makes me laugh because, um, that, you know, I'm sitting here in the middle of, of Ohio. You can't even get an Uber in my town. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is very cool to me. Um, but but how does how does being a student fit in with what appears to be a pretty rigorous schedule? Yeah, it really works well. I go to one of uh, the largest private schools in the area, and they worked they worked really well with me, and I, I go to school every day, but I do a blended program where I do half online, half at school. People are always asking me is this legal what you're doing? (laughs) I'm like, yes, it's legal. I do my work and then I, and then I get to work. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, that's what I do. I'll tell one short story and then, um, 
just to inspire people as they leave. So one of the first, one of the first times I ever spoke, um, we were headed to this church and we were staying at this hotel and they had really bad pillows and we were having a tough time sleeping. And so we went to Bed Bath & Beyond to get a few pillows. And we walk in there and this really nice lady helps us, shows us to the right department. And it's like, hey, this pillow is the best pillow. I'm going to get one when I get my paycheck. I've been having neck problems. And so we start to walk up with two pillows. And then my dad whispers, hey, Drew, go grab another one. So I grab a third pillow and we walk up. And she's starting to check us out. And the first one goes across, clink, second one, clink. And she's like, I thought you only needed two pillows. And we're like, oh, no, that's that one's for you. And right there, everything changed in that whole store. People around her felt that. It's that feeling when you hug someone. Everybody's getting that feeling. And she, there's another clerk on another station. She's like, oh, wow, you must have done a good job or something. <laughs> and what, when I shared that story in tr- that church that day, I finished. And the manager from the store stood up. He was in the back row. And he said, I'm the manager in this store. This has changed our perspective. We have had some culture problems. This has, this has shaped everything up. Because they've had some problems with uh, employees getting along. And he's mm-hmm. like, really, the number one thing, we just need to be kind and generous to one another. Mm-hmm. And then he said, she has not had something done like this for her in over 30 years. <sighs> and in that moment, I realized, what I'm doing is so important because this word has to get out there and people, even myself every day need to be asking God, God, help me bring me into someone's life. I can help today. Drew forms. if we just all said that, wow. Wow. Right. Just let me be a vessel today. Bring me, bring me across somebody who needs me. Thank you so much for talking to me, and I am really looking forward to seeing where your path takes off. Thank you so much. It was just super great talking with you. I can't wait wait to read the rest of the book. Yeah, thank you again for having me on. My pleasure. That was a conversation with Drew Formsma. You can learn more about Drew and Everyday Generosity at www.bradformsma.com slash drew-formsma. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Chloe Meston. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, make sure to spread some kindness in the review section. Thank you.